Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a very special episode. Around here, when it's October, we begin my very favorite series I've ever done. And it is, of course, the Booed Broadcast. This episode will be just slightly different than the others because things get spooky. And if that's not your thing, totally understand. But also, it's not all spooky. We do talk about hauntings and supernatural experiences, but we also, we we giggle a lot. I'm not trying to keep you up at night, okay? I'm not trying to, like, horrify you. I would never try to take away your sleep. Sleeping is, like, the fourth or fifth most important thing to me. So I've never, I would never try to rob you of that. However, I am going to put a trigger warning at the beginning of every episode because, again, I'm not trying to horrify you, but these stories do have to do with ghosts or haunted places. And I just don't want anybody to be alarmed that those are the things being discussed in a place where we normally only talk about cinnamon rolls and hot cartoons and petty things you do to get back at your exes. Speaking of which, our winner of Petty Petty Princess last week was our West Point angel, of course, who successfully completed training at West Point and graduated like top of her class just to prove her dad wrong. We love to see it. Also, did you guys notice that the Halloween theme song is back? Highly requested. Matt, who I am married to, wrote and produced it for last year's episodes. And I've been getting messages for like a full year wondering if I'm going to bring it back. And of course I am. I feel like I've just returned. I've returned to myself. I've returned to my highest self. You know how it's really trendy now to like discover your highest self or like picture your highest self and start showing up as her. I don't have to try to do that. I don't have to try to become my, my highest self because it automatically happens at midnight on September 30th. It's also my birthday month in October in case anyone forgot. And some very special things will be happening, which is all the information I can give. I'm not pregnant in case you guys were hoping that was the, uh, the announcement. I'm telling you, when you're my age and married, people think anything exciting is just you're pregnant. But this is even better. <laughs> all right. Anyway, before we start love hate, I actually I want to talk to you guys about something. Don't worry, you're not in trouble. Actually, I'm in trouble. 
I am getting myself in trouble because last week I didn't do the love hate segment. And I told you guys that it was because I didn't have time. And that was a lie. I lied. It was a big fat lie. Let me explain. Before I started recording last week, I was reading some of my Apple podcast reviews because they are just overwhelmingly kind. And they really have kept me going on days where I thought I could go no longer. But I got two negative ones last week and both of them said that they did not like the love hate segment and they hated my intros and they used to like the podcast a lot, but now they don't. So the nice reviews are so wonderful. And I I read them before I record because they make me feel so empowered and like capable. However, the more reviews that come in, obviously, the more negative reviews there will be. This is just a truth of the matter when it comes to podcasting any or anything creative that anybody puts out there. There's always going to be people who don't like it. So this was just not something I believed when I started. I thought when I start the podcast, I will be the very first podcaster to never receive anything lower than five stars. LOL at myself because two episodes in, I got my first one star review. But here's where I get tripped up because of all of this. I I really want to be the type of person who listens to feedback, who improves, who can hear constructive criticism and apply it and make content better. I'm not trying to prove any points here. I genuinely want to make likable content. So I want to be that person, but I also want to be the type of person who doesn't get absolutely derailed when somebody doesn't like my stuff. Anybody else get stuck in this this pickle? You don't want to be controlled by others' feedback, but you also want to change things when people say they don't like them. It's basically like 98% of creating something is trying to balance criticism of others and desires of yourself. But the bottom line is that I just gave in last week. I let two people make me so insecure that I changed something about my content that I truly enjoy. And I did not stick up for myself. And then I started thinking about all the times that I tell you guys to stick up for yourselves and how I shouldn't be telling you guys that if I don't even do it for myself. So if you're scared to put something out into the world because of what people are going to say or think or leave in a review, same, but just do it anyway. Okay. We're going to learn to get better at this. We're going to learn to be better at not losing our minds at the first time somebody doesn't like something but it's not easy. It's not easy. A year and a half in, I really, really thought that it, I would feel better, but I I don't. And to be totally honest, I don't really want to be the type of person who like gets used to negative feedback. Like I don't want to get so desensitized to feelings that I don't care when people say something negative. Like I want to care, but it's just, you know, not letting it dictate every move you make. So I think this is an appropriate time to begin love-hate. I love this segment. I started it because I loved it. I love girl talking with you guys, telling you things I love and I hate. So my first love is probably yours too. Emily Mariko on TikTok, truly one of the most comforting and pleasant content creators I've ever seen. If you don't know who that is, she's the salmon and rice girl. If you're on TikTok, I am sure you know who she is. If you're wondering how the description of salmon and rice girl could translate into her being the most comforting content creator, please go watch her videos. She's just this healthy gal with a sparkly clean kitchen making normal food, which simply does not exist when it comes to food creators. Nobody makes normal, boring, everyday food. Food creators are either eating out every meal 
using specialty ingredients or like spending hours making something, but not our girl, Emily. Emily is taking care of us. I love her. Second thing I love is Afterpay. Feels like I'm getting 75% off of every order all the time. And the third thing I love this week is an ode to the love of my life, Matt. I'm recording this on his birthday, so I just want to tell him happy birthday. He is the easiest and most fun person to have as a life partner, truly. He communicates well. He loves to take care of me and tofu, and he's truly just the most open-minded person that I know. I also like his butt. So happy birthday to Matt. Now for my hates. So while you all know I'm a slut for fall and all things pumpkin, I would rather shove an entire squash into my rectum than eat something maple flavored. Maple is an inferior flavor and the very scent of it reminds me of French toast stick day in seventh grade. Don't get me wrong. I love maple syrup as long as it's the fake kind. Like do not give me real maple syrup. Must start with an aunt or a missus. But like maple cookies? No. Maple bars? No. Maple candles? Straight to jail. The second thing I hate this week is skateboarding. Don't understand it. Don't get it. You're in the air, but your board stays on your feet? I don't think so. Hate that. And the third thing I hate this week is the IRS. Because we are still trying to get our tax return from April. And tracking down your tax return with the IRS is exactly like searching for buried treasure. Like they give you one third of a clue. Like, ooh, enter your social security number on this page. And then two weeks later, when your return doesn't come, they're like, oh, yes, now enter your social and proof of residency. It's like, well, why didn't you tell me that earlier? And none of them know. Nobody at the IRS knows. They're just they're going to be just as shocked as we are if this check ever shows up. And also they can send you to jail if you do something wrong. Hate that. This episode of the podcast is supported by Dadgrass. The bad broadcast loves dad grass. Say that 10 times fast. Write it down because I mean it with my whole heart. Who doesn't love a trip down memory lane? Dadgrass takes you back to a time when music was on vinyl, hangouts meant hanging out, and we didn't launch you into space. It is time to revive the pleasure of CBD. Nobody gets down with CBD quite like I do. I love this product. Dadgrass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Their 100% organic pre-rolled joints are extremely low in THC and high in CBD, so you can enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. Chill out without getting stoned. All Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 21 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an old favorite, Dadgrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. They also have a product called Momgrass, which I love. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off of their first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash bad. Again, that's dadgrass.com slash bad for 20% off of your first order. We love to see it. I'm going to spell it for you guys just so you know for sure. It's D-A-D-G-R-A-S-S dot com slash bad. Hi, I'm Allie Webb, the founder of Drybar. Hey, I'm Adrian Kayla, the founder of Take New Ground. Previously on Raising the Bar, Michael and I learned how founders moved from idea to scale. In this new season, we'll be exploring the inner world of an entrepreneur, the juicy stuff. 
Pursuing a vision brings up fear and personal challenges, the stuff that nobody likes to talk about. So we dive into what it takes to overcome the obstacles that make most people quit. This is a study on perseverance. Adrian is a coach for select executives. I love his brilliant mind and deep love for people, including me. So if you're starting a business and already want out, tune in. You might not be as alone as you think. my little my little pum- pumpkin patch. I was trying to think of a clever fall nickname there, but that was that was not it. But now that we've warmed up, we've giggled a little bit, we're getting loose. It's time to settle in. Grab something pumpkin flavored, light your candles and summon the dead. Let's begin the Bood Broadcast, Volume 1. If I sound a little bit raspier, it's because I took a break after recording my intro and I had to do a couple things. And I ran about four feet and it literally gave me a sore throat. So if I'm raspy, that's why. But I guess it fits because we're talking spooky things. So here we go. First up, she says, finally, I have been waiting to submit. And this is the scariest thing I've ever experienced. A year ago, my family moved into a new home. The first couple nights there, I had terrible nightmares. Night after night of waking up over and over with horrible feelings. One night I was asleep on my stomach, face tilted to the side of my pillow. I woke up completely unable to move. I could feel something walking around my room, but I couldn't turn my head or look around to see anything. I sensed it coming closer and closer to me until it climbed on my back and started crushing me. The way its legs felt sitting on me made me think of a giant dog. This went on for about 20 minutes before I passed out due to how scared I was. Usually when I tell people this story, they say it's sleep paralysis, but apparently that can only happen when you're sleeping on your back and I was sleeping on my stomach. Anyways, I saged my room after this and I haven't had anything happen since. Love you, by the way. Love this time of year on the podcast. Okay. Sleep paralysis. What is more horrifying? What is more horrifying? I always get sleep paralysis submissions and I've, I've heard about it before, read about it, heard other true crime and scary podcasts talk about it. It is horrifying. So if you don't know what sleep paralysis is, it only happens to some people. I've never experienced it. Thank goodness. But watch me get it like tonight. But basically it's when your brain is awake and your body is still asleep, but it usually has to do with something haunted. So most people who have sleep paralysis, they can't move and they are having some type of like hallucination or nightmare or something. And I always hear about this, that most people who experience sleep paralysis end up having a feeling of somebody sitting on them like sitting on their chest or sitting on their legs or sitting on their bed next to them. And you guys, I found perhaps the scariest thing on Wikipedia, and I'm going to share it with you. So I was just looking things up about sleep paralysis because I wanted to, you know, give you some science behind it. So I stumbled upon this Wikipedia article and it's called Night Hag. I was like, what's the Night Hag? Oh, let me tell you what the Night Hag is. The night hag or old hag is the given name or is the name given to a supernatural creature commonly associated with the phenomenon of sleep paralysis. It is a phenomenon during which a person feels a presence of a supernatural malevolent being which immobilizes the person as if sitting on their chest or the foot of their bed. The word nightmare was used to describe this phenomenon before the word received its modern, more general meaning. Various cultures have various names for this phenomenon and or supernatural character. Are you kidding? So here are some instances in America where people have experienced the night hag. 
During the Salem witch trials, several people reported late night attacks by various alleged witches that came in and sat on their chest. In Mexico, it's believed that it is caused by the spirit of a dead person, that the ghost lies down upon the body of the sleeper, rendering them unable to move. People refer to this as subris el muerto, dead person on you. That's that is not what you want to wake up to. A dead person on you? No thanks. Bottom line is that this is extremely common and that does not make it any less horrifying. Let's get into the next story, shall we? She says, when I worked as a CNA in a nursing home, there was a lady who convinced who was convinced that there was a little boy living in her closet. She would walk over to it and talk to the little boy and act like she was patting his head or holding his hand. She would also put food in her closet for him. I never saw anything, but every time she would try to get us to talk to him, I would get chills down my spine. I always imagined that he was like six and would be wearing like a little Victorian era suit or something. It just seems like every kid that died during that era became a ghost. So it feels logical. I agree, actually. Why is every ghost in Victorian garb? There's also another lady who buzzed me late at night. And when I went into her room and walked over to her bed in the dark to quietly ask her what she needed, she grabbed the front of my scrub top and pulled my ear down to her mouth and said, do you hear them breathing? That was probably the scariest one for me. I just felt very much like we were not alone in that room. Oh, and apparently there was the ghost of a little boy who had been killed that apparently multiple residents would see wandering the halls. Why did I willingly work in a place where I regularly dealt with poop and ghosts? I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing about being a CNA is that you have to work in a retirement home or an assisted living home. And what is going on there? What is going on at nursing homes? I assume it's just because everybody there is like super old. And so they have closer connections to the dead, right? All right, next up. She says, I am 100% sure that I saw a UFO and the people that were with me saw it too. I was in high school living in Southern New Mexico. Honestly, when I read Southern New Mexico, I was like, yeah, those are aliens. I don't know why. It just felt like, it felt like that's where aliens are. At about 9.30 p.m., we were driving back from the little town where my high school was back to the Air Force base where I lived with my family. My car was full of other teenage girls who I carpooled with. Out north of the road in the sky, there was a circle of lights flat, but at a slight angle, like it was around the edge of something circular, parallel to the ground, but slightly tilted up. The lights started slowly rotating, getting faster and faster. I pointed and asked the other girls if they could see it, and everybody said that they could. Then out of nowhere, the lights blurred away from us, like when spaceships go light speed in Star Wars and just disappeared. There was a small sonic boom, and I know it was not a plane. I grew up the daughter of Air Force officers, and I know my way, ar- way around planes, and so did all the girls in my car. We knew it wasn't a plane, even in the dark. I still reach out to those girls every now and then just to make sure I'm not crazy, and they all remember it, and we all believe it was a UFO. I am so weird at parties because I tell this story, desperate to hear someone say, oh, I've seen that too. And so far, I haven't found anyone else. Maybe one of your listeners can corroborate. So I have a handful of conspiracy theories that I like to learn about. You know, I don't buy into most of them. I mean, I just, we're all fascinated by conspiracy theories. It's it's a whole thing. Like the JFK assassination, Denver airport. You guys know I like to pretend the moon isn't real. I just like to learn about them. I like to learn about the psyche behind people who created them or believe them. I mean, after 2020, I would actually like to know less about people who create and believe conspiracy theories. But anyway, the one conspiracy that I wholeheartedly believe is aliens. I want somebody to explain to me how aliens are not real. Well, actually, I'll tell you. I'll tell you something I learned. 
from the encyclopedia of TikTok, the Fermi paradox. I will not shut up about this. If anybody brings up space, I just talk about this and I don't know that much about it, but I'll tell you kind of what I understand. Basically, the Fermi paradox is the apparent contradiction between the lack of evidence for extraterrestrial life, but the very high estimates for their probability. So basically, how I see it is like space is is huge, right? If it's real, it's huge. If it's not real, that's another story. But do you guys hear me wheezing? <laughs> that is so bad. That is so bad. I'm never running again. All right. Um, basically, space is huge. Okay. We have all these bajillion different galaxies, whatever. You're telling me that there's nobody else. You're telling me that we're all alone in this gigantor space system. I guess solar system would be the word for that. No, there's no way. So people have a lot of theories. People theorize that other species know about us and they're avoiding us which seems pretty rude. If we're that boring that no aliens want to come hang out on Earth. Also, I get it. I get it. If I was an alien and I was like watching Earth, I kind of feel like they watch us like Truman Show style. I've always kind of thought that like we're on a TV show just being entertainment for other solar systems. I am not on drugs. This seems like I'm on drugs, but I am not. So I'm going to just move on. But if you want to look up that that paradox, it's called the Fermi paradox. F-E-R-M-I. I don't know why I just got on that tangent. I'll tell you what, it's a good day to be Maddie when I get to tell you guys all about the Hydro Jug. I love this product so much and you guys need to get your hands on it. These durable and reusable jugs hold more than a half gallon of water so you will stay hydrated all day long. You can say goodbye to filling up your tiny bottle every hour and hello to your hydro jug. Yes, I said a half gallon of water. It also has a leak proof seal, a wide mouth opening. It has a carry loop, which is amazing. It has an integrated handle, a measurement scale. So you can see how much water you've had throughout the day. It's BPA free, dishwasher safe, and it's in a shatterproof bottle. The hydro jug is so convenient and it has so many colors and so many sleeves. The sleeves, you just put on your hydro jug and then you can wear them like over your shoulder so you don't have to carry it around. And the sleeve has pockets as well. So you can like, if you're taking it on a hike or something, you don't have to also bring a bag. They release a special edition sleeve and jug every month. So if you follow them on Instagram, it's just at hydro jug. It will have all of the latest releases. There's over 40 different combinations to pick from, and they are made from high quality neoprene to keep your water cooler. So get your hydro jug at www.thehydrojug.com. You can use the discount code bad to get 10% off your order today. Hydro jugs are game changers for anyone on the go. Again, use the code BAD at www.thehydrojug.com to get 10% off and start hydrating today. All right, next up, she says, Okay, this still creeps me out when I think about it. My sister and I both had our bedrooms in the basement and everyone else was two floors above. I always kind of hated being in the creepy dark basement. Anyway, I was like 17 laying in bed trying to fall asleep and I roll over to see my sister standing in my doorway just staring. I said something snappy to her telling her to go away because I was tired. She walked away. Then on the cusp of falling asleep, I see her again. 
I told her to stop being annoying and she walked away into the main room where she proceeded to play the electric piano. I yelled at her to shut up, at which point she walked into the bathroom and started opening and closing drawers and doors and throwing things around and just being so obnoxious. I got out of bed, stomped through the pitch black main room, expecting to find her in the bathroom so I could rip her head off. No one was there. Everything completely untouched. I was livid and not processing well, so I stomped into her room, threw the door open and started freaking out at her. What is wrong with you? Why are you being so obnoxious? She was watching a movie on her laptop with her headphones on and looked so confused. She proceeded to tell me that she had been in her room all night doing homework and then started watching a movie. I just turned around mad and went back to bed. Trying to fall asleep, I look over again and there is a figure standing in my doorway just staring at me and then they slowly walk into the main room. I got up to follow and no one was there. I walked over to my sister's room, told her everything and then required her to sleep in my bedroom. Here's the thing about about figures and ghosts. I always just wonder, why are they spooky? Why are they trying to spook us? Why can't they just say like, hey, I'm a ghost. I'm here. If you would like to hang out or if you could like turn on a good movie, I'll just chill in the back and I won't bug you. Why are they always so scary? It's like when me and Lucy were talking about aliens and I'm like, I'm sure that there is an earth or a planet out there full of benevolent aliens like they're just farming and they just want to hang out. I am sure that there are nice ghosts. I don't know what. What's your deal? Honestly, I should not talk about this. I'm in a dark room and I'm taunting ghosts and asking them why they're so rude. And now they're going to show up probably in my doorway later. All right, here we go. I am an avid sleep talker and my husband will wake up to me leaning over the bed and talking. He sometimes likes to joke and ask who I'm talking to. And recently I have been responding with, I'm talking to the shadow man. When my husband asked more questions, I explained he's in the room with us and it's the man with the cape. So basically, if you know an exorcist, let me know. (laughs) Why is he in a cape? Why are all these ghosts in costume? You're telling me that they can access the supernatural realm, but they can't like put a coat on. I don't believe it. Nothing freaks me out more than laying next to somebody who sleep talks. There is something there is something so so horrifying about it, especially if the person doesn't sleep talk a lot. Like Matt rarely, if ever, sleep talks. But then when he does, I'm like, get out, call a witch doctor. You're never allowed to speak or sleep in this room ever again. It freaks me out. Okay, next. She says, my best friend growing up always had creepy things happening at her house. It was just so often that when they did happen, she didn't get freaked out. She was just used to it. Her dad would tell us that their house was haunted because it was built over an old well I never believed him because he was always joking around. One night in middle school, I was at her house late and borrowed her hoodie to walk home because it got cold. Before I went to sleep, I put the hoodie on a chair next to my bed. In the middle of the night, I had the scariest experience of my life. It was probably a dream. I don't know. But in the middle of the experience, it felt real. As I was sleeping, I felt this really heavy pressure on my chest. Because of the pressure, I woke up and there was a girl sitting on my chest looking down at me. It's so hard to explain the experience because you'd think that if this actually happened, I would scream or run. But as I was seeing this girl straddling my chest, I just knew in the back of my mind it had to do with this hoodie. I was so terrified of her. She was so scary and had such an eerie vibe. I closed my eyes and just told myself if I returned the hoodie, it would all be okay and I fell back asleep. So the next day, I immediately returned the hoodie to my friend's house and I never saw the girl again. You mean the night hag? Here's the thing with supernatural experiences like this, it would be one thing if everybody's was super different. Like if everybody had a completely random experience, but the fact that we all, we all 
hopefully I'm not included in that. The fact that everybody experiences such similar things, like the feeling of somebody sitting on your chest and that there's a whole urban legend around it. It just seems, I mean, if we're, if we're using Occam's razor, if we're going with what is the easiest answer to this question, it's that it's really happening. (laughs) Oh my gosh, my wheezy laugh. All right. Next up, she says, this is 100% true. It's always going to be, it's always going to be a good one when it starts with that. When I was 12, my best friend's family bought a very old house in our town. It was two, it was over 200 years old. It was over the summer and I hung out there all the time. So I volunteered to help with some of the required restoration. We did things like scrape wallpaper and pull up baseboards and clean cobwebs. The house had been abandoned. So there was a lot of stuff just left there from the previous owners and or squatters. And it was my friend's family's job to clear it out as they moved in. I started feeling kind of creeped out by the house after we found bullet holes in the walls and windows of one of the rooms upstairs. One day, my friend's mom tasked us with emptying out the front room closet, which was large and deep and packed with random odds and ends. My friend, her older brother, and I created an assembly line out the door to the dumpster where we threw coats, bags, random equipment, and other general trash. My friend's brother was at the back of the dark closet at this point, and he grunts audibly as he struggles to drag something heavy from the very back corner. It's too dark to see, no light bulb in the closet, but I help him pull on whatever this is and we burst from the closet into the light. It's a sleeping bag, clearly holding something big and heavy. It reeks. The smell hits us immediately. In the light of the front door, we are horrified to see the bottom of the sleeping bag is stained a dark reddish brown color, the exact color of old blood. Naturally, my friend and I scream and run away, terrified. When we come back, the older brother was pale and shaking. We asked what he did with the bag, and he just shook his head and said, it's taken care of. Nope. That one is, that one, oh, I, why am I recording this in the dark? I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm going to turn on a light. Hold on. There we go. I even recorded this in the morning so that I would not be scared. Ugh, ugh. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Nutrafol. 30 million women worldwide are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you're among them, know that you are not alone and that there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol, with many users raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too. Take it from me, I have firsthand experience that nothing crushes your confidence quite like when you have a bad hair day or a bad haircut or like a bad hair year. So Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. I have a fun fact for you. My mom was hanging out with one of her friends and her friend's hair was looking amazing. So my mom was like, what are you using? And her friend was like, Nutrafol. So my mom called me and she's like, Maddie, I just heard about this thing that's going to help my hair. I just bought it. It's called Nutrafol. I said, mom, I know about Nutrafol. They sponsor the podcast. And she had already ordered some. She she got on and she paid full price for it. She didn't even know about the Bad Broadcast discount. So you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support the Bad Broadcast by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code BADBROADCAST to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code BAD 
broadcast. Okay, here we go. I have literally been waiting all year to share this story. This happened a few years ago, but it still sends chills down my spine. When I was 26, I'm 31 now, my sister worked at a cell phone shop. I went to her when it was time to get an upgrade, and I got the newest Samsung Galaxy whatever at the time. She hooked it up for me, transferred my pictures, and sent me on my way. I got home and started to download some new apps, change my wallpaper, you know, the thing you do when you got a new phone. I noticed that this voice, this phone had a voice memo app, and I thought, cool, I'll probably never use this, but I told myself that I would use it to record my million-dollar ideas. I noticed that there was already a recording on the app, a few seconds long. I didn't listen to it, thinking it was probably an automated recording that came with the phone saying something like, welcome to your new Galaxy device. Weeks later, I was mindlessly going through my phone while I watched TV, and I thought I'd have a listen to the voice memo that came with my phone so I could finally delete it. It was a child, gender undetermined because they were very young. The child said, hi, mommy. I love you so much. When are you going to come be with me? Then a little bit of static, end of memo. I froze. I started to wonder who would have taken my phone and recorded this, but the youngest child in my family was a teenager and there were absolutely no toddlers or babies in my life. For some very odd reason, I wasn't afraid at all. As a matter of fact, I'd listen to the recording constantly. I'm not sure why, but it brought me some type of comfort. I started to think that I must have gotten a refurbished phone because that was the only logical explanation for this. I told my sister what happened and thought it was fine, but if it was a refurbished phone, it was in great condition. She assured me it was brand new and asked why in the world I was not freaking out. I told her that it had to have been a mistake. And the fact that I wasn't afraid made me feel like it was nothing. She even asked the Samsung rep that came to her store if that was possible. And the rep told her to tell me to return the phone and get a new one because what the hell? Okay. So fast forward about a month or so. I have now listened to this recording way too many times. I'm visiting my mother's house, which is known to have some paranormal activity. It was about two in the afternoon and I went to use the bathroom at the end of the hallway. I was just about to finish when I hear a knock on the door, clear as day. I thought it was my little brother. So I say, hey, I'm coming. Give me a second. After I didn't hear him say anything else, I started to think that he's either on the other side of the door, mad that I was rude or getting ready to scare me. When I opened the door, I was greeted by a child apparition. He was four years old, had blondish hair, a bowl cut, a blue t-shirt, and khaki shorts. He just stood there and looked up at me. I gasped, and a few seconds later, he was gone. I ran to the kitchen to ask if, if it was my brother who knocked on the door. My mother asked me what was wrong, seeing how frantic and pale I was. My older brother was outside, and I told him what happened while I cried harder than I had in a long time. He said something about how maybe I summoned a spirit by listening to the recording in my phone so much. He told me to delete the recording and never speak about it again. I did show him the recording and he agreed that it was major creepy. I was so spooked that I actually didn't tell anyone for a couple years. And then suddenly I remembered it when someone asked me if I'd ever seen a ghost. And now I cannot shut up about it. I still wish I would have saved the recording somewhere just because, but now it's just a cool story that I try not to think of at night. Somehow a child most menacing ghost to see. I don't know. I think we talked about this last year, but it is probably tied with an old person. But something about children and old people, it's because they're supposed to be so nice. They're just the most unsuspecting because you think they're always going to be so nice. And then they show up as ghosts and then they leave recordings on your Samsung Galaxy. All right, next up, she says, this is not about me, but it's about my husband and what he experienced in his childhood home. In the house that he grew up in, there are four bedrooms upstairs. His bedroom was added on when they moved in and was made from some attic space, which explains why his room was the only one that was haunted. 
People have heard babies crying in there, seen blackbirds crash into the windows, heavy breathing behind them, chairs falling over on their own, and so much more. But there is one story that haunts me to this day. One night when he was in high school, he was falling asleep when his bedroom door opened. He figured it was his mom coming to check on him or something, and since he was half asleep, he didn't bother to open his eyes. Then he felt someone sit on the edge of his bed, and then he felt his comforter lift off his body into the air. He figured maybe his mom came in and was adjusting his blanket for him, so he didn't think much of it. But when he didn't feel the comforter come back down, he opened his eyes and saw that his blanket was on the floor, and his mother was nowhere in sight. But the blanket wasn't just on the ground. It was shaped like someone could be underneath it. He ran out. Oh, I just scared myself again. He ran out of the room and needless to say, he did not sleep in his room that night. His parents later decided to bless the house, but that room is still known as the creepy room and I creepy room and I refuse to sleep in it when we visit his parents. Uh, yeah, you're going to refuse to sleep in that. Now that I'm kind of working this out and why I haven't had anything scary or supernatural happen to me. First of all, I scare very easily. I am typically paranoid for like 80% of the day. So maybe the supernatural is just not worrying about haunting me because I'm already as scared as somebody who would have been haunted. But also, I don't mess around with anything supernatural. Ouija boards, haunted houses. I was the kid that if somebody brought up watching a scary movie, I would like fake a major family emergency and then run home. Like I, you could not have paid me to watch Signs when it came out. All of my friends, I remember, got together. It was like the first time we were hanging out with boys and then we watched Signs and I was like, nope, not worth it. We ended up watching Signs like probably three months ago and it was horrifying. It was way scarier than I even thought it would be. So I don't know. Don't think I'm going to grow out of that anytime soon. Next up, she says, I don't know why, but I have had several spooky things happen to me and only at my parents' house, but I will tell you only the spookiest. In high school, I was home alone for the night as my parents were sleeping at my grandparents with all my siblings. I had to work. Don't worry. They don't hate me. Ha ha. So to paint the picture of our house, it's very old. When someone walks around upstairs, you know who it is. There are tons of floor to ceiling windows and it is surrounded by a little forest. That, my friend, is a recipe for a haunting. Floor to ceiling windows and you're surrounded by a little forest. Good luck. Lastly, the previous owner had a heart attack and died in the kitchen. Yeah, it was basically a matter of time before something creepy happened. So I was in the basement just watching Netflix and I heard someone walking around upstairs. I thought for a second it was weird that my dad was home. I could hear those heavy footsteps just pacing around. So I thought I would just call my dad to make sure he was home. He answered and I could hear a bunch of people in the background. So I instantly knew he was not home. Somebody else was in the house with me. He asked what was up and I whispered saying that somebody was in the house with me. While I'm trying not to cry, cry, he tells me to hide in the closet downstairs. I had never been so scared in my life as I curled up in that closet. Anyway, the footsteps were so loud, my dad could hear them on the phone and he started freaking out. He told me to stay on the phone and don't make a sound. I was sobbing so silently at this point. He was only 30 minutes away, so he started driving home. The footsteps kept walking around and it seemed like they were walking in circles in my living room. And then boom, something crashed upstairs. My dad freaked out and asked what that was. I had no idea and I was about to poop my pants. At one point, I heard the person go halfway down the stairs, stop for 30 seconds, and then walk back up. About 10 minutes before my dad got home, the walking completely stopped. Finally, my dad made it home and walked through the house to find nobody. He found nobody, and all the doors were locked. So he came down and got me, and we discovered the craziest thing. One kitchen chair was flipped upside down. 
We assume that's where the crash sound came from. But the reason I believe it wasn't just somebody breaking into the house was because nothing was stolen. My mom's a photographer and her camera was in the same room as the chair. My dad's work laptop was left out. We have tons of musical instruments in our house and nothing was taken. Can you imagine if you got robbed and all they took was like your trombone? To this day, I won't be alone in that house because I am positive our ghostly lady is just not leaving. How old were you guys when you could be left home alone? I'm still waiting for that age. I'm still waiting to hit that so I can be home alone. All right, next. She says, when my daughter was two years old, she started having a hard time sleeping, but she wouldn't fall asleep unless I was in her room holding her hand and she would scream when she woke up. One day she told me, mama, I see a ghost and I don't like the ghost. I believe in spirits, so I asked her a myriad of questions. Turns out it's a girl ghost, and she comes when my daughter is supposed to be sleeping. We pushed through the rough naps in bedtime, every few, but every few days she would talk about the girl ghost. One day I told her to tell the girl ghost to go home because it was obviously upsetting her. Then one day I was looking at pictures of my ancestors, and I was holding her on my hip. I flipped to a picture of my grandmother, her great-grandmother, and she said, that's her. That's the girl ghost. Full body chills. I was shocked. My grandmother had died three years prior before my daughter was even born. Grandma still visited in the weeks after this, so I would coach her to say, go away, Grandma. I love you. As she got older, this didn't happen anymore. Thank goodness. I'll never forget how clearly she described her and how clearly she could pick her out of a lineup. Love you. Love the podcast. Happy Halloween. See, these ones I like. I like thinking that when people die, they can come visit. I do. I do really like that. I just don't understand why they can't be like, hey, don't worry. I'm here. I'm just here to meet your daughter. Don't even stress. When she talks about a ghost, it's probably just me. Like if they can show up in our houses and talk to little kids, why can't they like just write a little note? Why can't they just be like, hey, I'm your grandma? It seems like they're always giving us like 10% of the information. So anyway, next up, she says, I was a hospice nurse and I had a patient who had been non-responsive for a couple days, which is not uncommon when people are actively dying. During my visit, she opened her eyes, looked right at me and said, are you going to tell them? I said, tell who what? And then she said, congratulations, you will be a great mother and closed her eyes again. I had gotten a positive pregnancy test literally that morning and she died hours later. Ooh, I like that one. I like that one. I mean, it's a little bit spooky. Definitely don't want it to happen to me, but I think that's kind of sweet. All right. Next up, she says, we moved into a new house and the first year there was nothing out of the ordinary. Suddenly out of nowhere, all kinds of spooky things started to go down. It started with me walking into our bathroom, all of our family and pets were outside, to see our toilet paper that's hanging on the toilet rapidly, or sorry, to see our toilet paper that's hanging next to the toilet rapidly unrolling. There was nothing pulling on it, but I stood there in shock just watching it unroll and land on the floor. I didn't tell my kids, but the weird thing is that within a few days of the toilet paper incident, my kids started to tell me that they could hear someone talking to them. Never before have they ever said anything like this. For example, I was sitting on the floor coloring with my five-year-old when out of nowhere, she said, who said that? I told her I didn't hear anything. And she goes, a man voice told me my drawing is stupid. My 10-year-old had many incidents where she heard a man voice talking to her. All of these happened while my husband was at work. I would close our curtains at night and in the morning they would be open. Our TV would randomly turn on. And the worst one was when me and my husband were laying in bed and our door randomly shut. A few minutes after that, our bedside lamp turned on. I was so ready to move, but then it all completely stopped. It was so incredibly strange. First of all, if this is a man ghost, why am I not surprised that the man ghost decided to infiltrate your home for the sole purpose of telling your daughter that her drawing was stupid? What a rude ghost. 
if we're talking pettiness, if we want to get into who is the pettiest ghost of all time, I think this guy wins. Like he can travel from realm to realm and speak to people. And he uses that power to tell a five-year-old girl that her drawing is dumb. I mean, not surprised. His name's probably Kevin. All right. She says, sending you all of the best friend vibes from Alaska. Alaska. Can you guys believe that there are people in Alaska who have me in their ear holes? Okay. Thank you for the Monday hangouts. Okay. So I grew up in an agriculture community where the houses were very far apart. So ideal for an alien visitation, right? When I was 12, we replaced the carpet in our house and the workers moved all of our bedroom furniture into the garage while they swapped it out. My older brother and I slept on the couches for those two nights. The couches were arranged in an L configuration facing a large picture frame window that overlooked my parents' property and the mountains behind it. That sounds just absolutely lovely, to be honest. At first, I wasn't scared, just confused and waiting for my eyes to focus. I finally made out a long, slender body, large green head and black eyes, textbook alien. I could see its long fingers pressed against the windows with its face in between them. I don't know how to describe how I felt, but I was literally paralyzed with fear. I couldn't move or think of anything to do except close my eyes and promise myself that this was only a very strange dream. The next morning, my brother was eating breakfast and said, this is so stupid, but I had the scariest dream that there was a glowing green alien at the edge of the lawn the other night watching you and I sleep. The blood drained from my face as I explained to my brother that I had the exact same dream, but the alien was closer, pressing its face against the window. We couldn't logically explain how we had almost the exact same dream and could describe in detail seeing the same alien on the same night watching us. See, that really happened. I don't know. Maybe I'm just gullible or maybe it just takes absolutely no convincing. But when two people experience the exact same thing in this on the same night, like, I don't know, guys, it just doesn't sit right with me. Okay, I think this is our last one. Yep, this is our last one. She says, it was my, well, last one of this week. Don't worry. We're going to get spookier and even weirder throughout the month. She says, it was my junior year of high school and I was babysitting a couple of kids. The girl, two years old, was super cute, but the boy was an absolute nightmare on the reg. But this one night was different. I had just gotten them both down to bed and was relaxing with some TV. They had a baby monitor in the kitchen behind me so I could hear the boy talking to himself and playing or whatever until it went quiet and I assumed he fall, fell asleep. Out of nowhere, I heard something crashing. It sounded like he knocked over his huge bookshelf with everything in it. So I run to the baby monitor to see what's going on. The moment I look at the screen, the crashing stops and everything is perfectly normal in his room. That kind of creeped me out, but I go back to watching TV thinking maybe I just imagined it. Some time goes by and once again, I think he's asleep, but then I hear him singing the ABCs really slow and creepy. A, B, C, D, E, F. And then he is cut off by the most absolutely ungodly noises I have ever heard, like growls and shrieks, but they're so guttural and unlike anything I'd ever heard. Again, I run to the baby monitor to see what the hell is going on. But the moment I look at the screen, the noises stop and he's quiet for a second and goes right back into G-H-I-J-K. Definitely did not like that, but he was a weird kid. So I thought, okay, whatever. I'm not going to question his creative bedtime routine. Some more time goes by and I hear him. It didn't really sound like him, but it came from his room. Scream at a deafeningly loud volume. So I run to the baby monitor again to check on him. As is now tradition, when I look at the screen, the screaming stops, but this time he jolts upright in his bed, cocks his head over to the baby monitor, and waves. He just waved at me. But how did he know I was looking? At that point, I'd had enough, so I wedged a chair under his doorknob and turned the TV up really loud so I don't have to hear anything else. 
to this day, I am sure he was possessed. Could it have been him just being weird? You'd think the answer would be yes, but the answer is no. The only explanation is that there was a demon in that little body. It was absolutely chilling. This right here is why I don't babysit kids I'm not related to. Because if they're not a metaphorical demon, they're probably an actual demon. What do you do if you have a haunted kid? Like, how would you fix that? How would one go about de-hauntifying your child? It's one of the reasons I'm scared to have kids. Like, what if? What if we get one of those kids that's like an old soul and like talks about their past life and all that? That would scare me. Well, now that I am sufficiently spooked, probably for the rest of the week, I hope you guys are too. I'll put a question box up on my Instagram today because I want to know which one of these stories was your favorite or the spookiest. So I will see you guys next week for volume two of the Booed Broadcast. Be safe, be kind, be hot, don't get haunted. Love you, bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.